This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings and good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin, serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our reading is from the Daily Office and is Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus went through the cornfields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence which it was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He left that place and entered their synagogue. A man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. He said to them, Suppose one of you has only one sheep, and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath. Will you not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a human being than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and it was restored, as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. In today's reading, Matthew shares with us a couple of instances when Jesus and the disciples are accused by the Pharisees of violating the law concerning keeping of the Sabbath. Jesus disagrees with them, arguing that their interpretation of the law goes against God's intentions for how we are to live together in a beloved community. And those would be God's intentions as presented in the Old Testament law and by the prophets 
In the first instance, the Pharisees object to the hungry disciples of Jesus plucking and eating heads of grain as they walk through those cornfields on that Sabbath day. They say, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus upbraids them, reminding them of the time when their beloved King David and his companions were hungry and in need of food, so entered the house of God to eat the bread of the presence the consecrated bread which only the priests were allowed to eat. You know, it's not like that bread could not be eaten, but who could do that? Why would not the, that bread of God be available to everybody? There appears to be a double standard. Jesus quotes the prophet Hosea as a way of questioning whether they truly know God's intentions. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, says God. God does not want sacrifice of animals on an altar. God delights instead in mercy. God delights in sacrificial love. And that would be mercy as translated from the Hebrew chesed, loving kindness, tenderness. Recognizing and having consideration for others to the other, unconditional, steadfast love with no strings attached, compassion. You know, Jesus and his disciples are not at all at odds with recognizing and celebrating the Jewish Sabbath, but are at odds as the true meaning of the Sabbath and the condemnation of the guiltless. After all, they were devout Jews, for God's sake. They all were familiar with the Torah and the prophets. They were familiar, for example, what Genesis had to say, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And, and, and in there we read, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. On the sixth day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. And this is repeated and reinforced in the Ten Commandments given to the people through Moses. One God and one God only. No idolatry or worshiping graven images. Keep the name of God holy and no profanity. And remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy by setting it apart from the work week to be a day of resting. Jesus and the disciples knew these things and owned them. In his gospel, Mark adds Jesus clearly stating God's true intention and meaning of the Sabbath by saying, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. The Pharisaic rules for the day of Sabbath seem to have taken on an extreme life of its own, corrupting the idea of it being a day of rest for the people of God. God intended the Sabbath as a day of rest for the people of God, but instead the people of God had become subservient to the Sabbath as an oppressive 
institution. Now, here comes the clincher in case you missed it. Jesus continues by referring to himself in this way, as Mark puts it, So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And as Matthew puts it, For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, God's incarnation, embodiment of mercy and, and of grace and of love. And elsewhere, Jesus boils all the law down and what the prophets have to say to this. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. The implication is that we start by loving ourselves. To accomplish that, it helps to be in community of support to see ourselves in others. To appreciate that God loves you, no exceptions. After this incident, Jesus and the disciples headed to their synagogue. There was a man there with a withered hand. The Pharisees once again get in Jesus' face, and it's on the very same day, asking him, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath? Jesus challenges them by asking whether they would rescue their one and only sheep from losing its life, having fallen into a pit. What is it about this pit, anyway? Well, apparently it was necessary for pits to be dug as traps for predators in order to protect livestock. And sometimes a wayward sheep would accidentally fall into such a pit, even becoming hurt. The unequivocal but unsaid answer is, well, yeah, rescue that one and only sheep. Jesus concludes then that since a human being is worth so much more than a sheep, then it is lawful to do good to our sisters and brothers on the Sabbath. This, this uh, vignette, I think, reminds me of the story of the one lost sheep who the good shepherd seeks out to save. In the version of according to Mark, the Pharisees are just waiting and watching and hoping and daring Jesus to be compassionate so they could accuse him of breaking the law by healing this man on the Sabbath. In Mark, they say nothing. Instead, Jesus asks them this question. Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? They did not answer, perhaps because the answer is quite obvious. Jesus is now grieved at what hard asses they are, and while looking at them with anger, goes ahead and heals the man. The Pharisees are glad he did, but don't really care about the man. They immediately leave the synagogue to conspire with the Herodians to figure out how to kill Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath. Now, I'm just curious. Did they leave in the middle of their Sabbath day worship service to plot to kill Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath? So the question is, how does all this apply in the here and now? I bet you've got some ideas. How should our lives be oriented? Yes, keep the Sabbath. 
And for us here at Church of the Redeemer, our Sabbath is on a Sunday. Rest and relax. Reorient ourselves if necessary. There are different and beautiful ways to worship. We sing God's praises, speak and hear God's word, pray, repent, celebrate fellowship and a Eucharistic meal together, and then depart in good faith, renewed in body and spirit, going into the world in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve God. I deserve mercy, says God, and there lies the challenge of repairing the world in love, grace, and mercy. Amen. And now I'm reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants. For Jesus' sake, for the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now the colic for proper 24. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Let us now take some time pausing our worship together, if you would like to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. Let us now pray the collect for the human family from page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray the colic for social order and social justice from page 823. 
Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray the concluding colic from page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant us for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus. Amen.